So I was asked to do a uh, podcast about being an apprentice or how to be a good, in quotations, apprentice. So this episode is about being an apprentice, what you can do to help yourself, and what you shouldn't do to get you in trouble. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast, and I'm your host, Gary McCready. So if you guys want to truly be an apprentice in the HVAC and refrigeration trades, you need to know something right now before we move on. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And if you guys that think that sliding into a, a cushy job, a cushy apprenticeship in HVAC, you guys think it's going to be all fun and games, it's not. It's not. You get pushed. Trust me, I've been there. My apprenticeship wasn't all roses. I came out at the other end okay, but I'll tell you, I had some very difficult times. There's times when you think to yourself, man, am I going to make it through this? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? You question yourself. It's normal. It's That's... that's that's a normal human trait is to question your own abilities as you tackle something new. But you got to stick with it. People that stick with it and put in the effort to learn every day and to become better will eventually get over the hump. Trust me, but you have to put in the work. Some people are naturally intelligent. They're born with a gift of understanding things. They can look at something and within five minutes... They know how it works. Other people need to work at it. You got to pick up a book. You got to watch a YouTube video. Use the internet. I mean, the internet can be a dark place, but it can also be the most positive learning reference that you have because all the information is there. You just got to use it to your advantage. So, guys, it's not easy, all right? So, stop listening right now if you don't want to get better. If you don't want to get better within the HVAC and refrigeration trade, stop listening because I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to guys that are more interested in sitting in their mom's basement smoking weed and playing Minecraft or Call of Duty or whatever you play. But if you want to get better, you want to learn, you want to be motivated, continue listening. Because I'll try to help you as best I can. So there are three things that I expect out of an apprentice. I don't expect them to know anything. Or if you're an apprentice, I don't expect you to know anything. Because that's normal. Nobody walks into the field just knowing how to do stuff. Three things I expect. One, show up on time. That is extremely important because you can set such a bad reputation for yourself if you show up late and you continuously do it. I know guys that have been half-decent workers, but they don't show up on time and they're blackballed. Nobody wants to work with them. Why does a, a technician, a senior mechanic, want to pull up to a job 
sit there, wait for the apprentice to show up. He doesn't show up. Then he starts the job, and he's doing all the, the lug, the lugging, the apprentice work, for lack of a better term, on his own when he's been through that already, when the apprentice is supposed to be there to do it. Show up on time. It's very, very important. In fact, don't show up on time. Show up five or ten minutes early or even 20 minutes early so you know you're going to be there before the technician. Trust me, if I pull into a building and I'm supposed to meet an apprentice, I pull in and he's already sitting in that parking lot, that impresses me. That shows eagerness. It would also help if you show up with a medium black coffee. That would also help. I'm just playing about the coffee. But show up on time, guys. All right? Second thing I expect from an apprentice is to open up your ears. Listen to what I say. Listen to my instructions. There's nothing worse than laying out a set of instructions to an apprentice and you go check his work and he hasn't followed half of them. Hey, run that wire down that side of that pipe because I don't want it exposed and I want it hidden. And I get there and it's down the other side. is exposed. Not what I wanted to see. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. I didn't know that. Well, that's not an excuse. You didn't listen. And if you have trouble remembering things, because trust me, I do. I got a bad short-term memory. It's terrible. I can put a tool down. Five minutes later, I have no idea where I put it. If you have a bad memory and you don't think you're going to remember, write it down. Write down the instructions you're given. When you follow a task, make sure it's done to the way you're asked to do it. Don't go outside and do it the way you think it should be done. Open your ears. You don't have a memory. Write it down. The third thing that I want from an apprentice is a good attitude. All right. When you talk to somebody and they have a piss poor attitude about what you're trying to talk to them about or the task at hand, it's not very fun to work with that person. You don't want to work with them. But if you have an apprentice that's ready to go, or if I have an apprentice that's ready to go, I'm happy. I'm happy. But if he shrugs his shoulders, gives me attitude, gives me little smirks when I tell him that, you know what I mean? I, I don't have time for that. I got a family at home. I want to get home to my family at the end of the day. I don't need to stop and correct an apprentice's attitude because it's going to put me in a bad mood. I don't want to be in a bad mood. Show up on time, open up your ears, and have a good attitude. If you don't have those three things in the beginning, I'm sorry. You're not going anywhere. Okay, so now that you've shown up on time, 
with a medium black coffee. Your listening ears are open and you've given yourself an attitude adjustment. Now it's up to you to become an observer. An observer of all things on the job. I've talked about HVAC six cents. Well, you're not ready for that yet. But you can have the apprentice six cents, if you will. And that's all about learning. That's watching, listening, just being an observer, okay? So watch the tech as he's doing certain tasks. Watch him as he's brazing. Watch him as he's cutting pipe. Watch him as he's wiring in a contactor. Okay. I'm not saying that the technician's always going to be doing it correctly. And this is key, guys. Because you're going to see a lot of technicians do things the wrong way. All right. And that is also a good way to learn. I've seen technicians do things the right way. And then I've seen technicians do the wrong way. I've watched technicians struggle with simple tasks. So guys, watch that. Observe it. If somebody's doing something the wrong way, keep a mental note of it on the way not to do things. Trust me, it will help you down the line. But one thing I'm going to... I'll tell you to be cautious of. If you see, an, uh, if you see a technician doing something wrong... You, if you want to correct him, that's up to you. But you better be damn careful because technicians that have been in the field for 20, 30 years, they're old dogs. You can't, you can't teach old dogs new tricks, most of them. All right, They don't like younger apprentices telling them how to do things, so be very careful. So I would advise you just to be an observer. Unless you see them doing something that is completely unsafe and they could get hurt by doing it because I've seen this too then I'd advise you just to keep observing let them struggle but keep a mental note of it so while you're observing if you like which is probably a good idea make some notes about what you're doing installing a furnace installing an AC landing a rooftop changing a compressor when you're not helping when you're not grabbing tools and and passing them have a notepad out write down notes write down little point form notes on what's happening during the day the procedure the first time you do a compressor change what's the procedure well we got to recover that refrigerant right we have to remove the compressor we have to put a new one in Filter dryer, probably a new contactor. We've got to pull a vacuum down to 500 microns or below. Right? Before that, actually, we have to pressurize the system, check for leaks, write down the procedure of what's happening during that job. And then when you go home, read it to yourself. So the next day, if you're doing the same job, changing another compressor, you know that procedure. So now that you know the procedure, you know what tools and what things from your tech's truck that you're going to have to go get them. 
All right. One thing that I enjoy, one thing that I find is really, really cool is when an apprentice is working with me, they're observing what I'm doing, standing behind me, and when they see I'm about to take, let's say I'm about to take a venter motor out of a rooftop unit, and there are five sixteenths bolts or screws holding that thing in place. If I go to my bag and I go to get my five sixteenths nut driver out of my bag, but the apprentice is already holding it in his hand to pass to me, I love stuff like that. So if you guys can if you guys can find a way to do that, then trust me. The mechanic you're with will be impressed. The only thing you got to be careful of is some guys don't like their tools being touched. It's it's a weird thing with with senior techs. They don't like other guys touching their tools. So, if you want to pass them a tool, here's some advice. Make sure you have your tool pouch with you as well. Pass him your tool. Then it's his choice. If he doesn't want to use it, he doesn't need to. But at least you've taken the effort to try to help. That's the key. I, I work with some mechanics. I work with one, one mechanic, and he always does that. He'll watch what I do, and, and he's a senior guy as well. He'll watch what I do, and he'll have the next tool ready. I'm like, wow. Almost like a like an apprentice, like he's he's helping me as an apprentice. And when you guys become techs, that's the attitude you gotta have. Don't have the attitude like you're king of the world. Have the attitude like that you want to help the guy you're with. Be ready for him. Back him up. Support him. Or her. I keep saying him because the majority of the guys that are in this trade are men. I mean, there is there is a push for women, and I and I want to see that more. But I apologize, ladies, if you're listening. If I keep saying him, it's just the environment that I'm in that I'm used to. So, guys, observe, be observant. The other thing that you need to do is while you're observing, let's say you're working on a boiler, and you don't understand how it works, and you're not really getting the feedback from the senior guy telling you how the machine operates. Go home. Well, first, take the model and serial number of the boiler. All right, take the name, the make of it. Go home and Google it. Try to pull up the manual. Read the manual. Read general information on boilers. Trust me, you'll get better this way. Because you're working on a boiler during the day, if you make a mental note and say, oh, I'll read about that at some point, You'll probably forget, but if you go home and you read about it that night, you just worked on it that day, it's fresh in your mind. Read about it that night. You might get stuff clicking in your brain, alright? Be observant, guys. Very important. Alright, everybody's afraid to ask the stupid question. I say that with quotations the stupid question don't be afraid to ask questions where you do not know the answer because if you never ask the question you're never gonna know I till this day ask stupid questions because I want to know the answer to it don't be afraid to ask questions 
Some some senior guys will bark at you. But what are they going to do? Go to your boss and complain? He asks too much questions? Come on. Guys, ask questions. Because it looks like you're interested. It comes across that you're interested. And ask legitimate questions. Alright? Don't be afraid to do that. I know in the past, I've worked with some guys, and they love questions. They love it. They love, almost like they're, they're they like to pass on knowledge. And, and sometimes, you ask a question and they talk for way, way, way too long. Sometimes you ask a question, and the technician barks back at you, doesn't want to answer. I mean, like I said, they're not going to complain to your boss that you ask too much questions. And if they do, they're a bit of a douchebag themselves. So don't worry about that. Ask questions. Alright? Not and, and don't just stop on the job. When you go to a supplier to pick up parts, ask questions to other techs that are there. Get opinions from different people. Because the opinion of one person... <laughs> isn't always correct. I had some advice back in back in trade school. One of my instructors used to say, read three books and ask three people before you form your own opinion. Now, you don't need to take that literally. You don't actually have to go out and read three books and ask three people. It just means to get a collective opinion from different sources before you form your own. Because one one person think, thinks it might have to be done this way. The other person thinks it might have to be done that way. Maybe your way is a little bit of both. Maybe it's in the middle. All right? So ask questions constantly. Don't stop. I still ask questions. And I've been in the trade for over 20 years. So if you've been in the trade for a little bit, and you're still an apprentice, you probably have a half-decent collection of tools. But if you're just getting started out, you need the basics. You don't need every gadget under the sun to start off. You need the basic tools to start off. And I'll tell you what some of the basics are to get you started, but keep in mind, depending on the price point of the tools that you're picking, you're going to be spending 1000 bucks to 2000 bucks on your basic stuff to get you started. So, you're going to need yourself a pouch. You don't need a $300 backpack. If you can afford it and you want one, and you want to look sexy walking up to the job, go ahead, buy it. Some really good ones out there. But you don't need it if you can't afford it. You can buy a $40 pouch. You're going to want to fill that pouch up with your basic hand tools. Adjustable wrenches, channel locks, vice grips, needle nose pliers, side cutters, electrical wire cutters, crimpers. You're going to want nut drivers, a full set of nut drivers. I recommend instead of getting a whole bunch of different screwdrivers, you get a multi-bit screwdriver with the extended bits on it because the extended bits will fit through a lot of smaller contactor openings and relay openings than the little short bits will. That's a good tip for you guys. So when you're searching out your multi-bit, get the extended bits on it. 
open-end wrenches are a good thing to have because you want the right size wrench for the right fitting because you don't want to round it off. I have open-end wrenches with uh, a swivel ratchet on the other side. That They're really, really good wrenches. Lasted me for years. I've lost a couple, but the ones I have are phenomenal. One tool, a specialized tool that you got to pick up is a refrigeration service wrench. You're going to need that. You might not use it every day, but when you need it, it's going to come in very handy. You're going to want a multimeter, all right? I suggest a clamp-on style multimeter because that way you can check amperage and then you get the added features that you need. You look for one that has the features that you need. You're going to need voltage. You're going to have to check voltage, obviously. You're going to want to be able to check resistance. But a couple key features you're going you're to also want to add to that meter is checking capacitors and microfarads. And you're going to want a meter that also does microamps to check flame sensors. I carry around, and I have for the last 10 months or so, a Testo 317-3. It has all of those features, and it has an incredible price point to it. So the basic hand tools, you're going to need a meter. You're going to need gauges. I recommend a set of compound gauges, which is just a dial and a needle, and a set of digital gauges. But why both? Well, I'll tell you why. A lot of guys are on the fence about digital, but it's the way of the future. In 10 years, 15 years, everybody will be using digital. Just like when they stop using the analog voltmeters or multimeters. My boss back in the day, he hated digital meters. Do you see anybody in the field using an analog multimeter anymore? No. It's all digital. And that's the way gauges are going to be very, very soon. So I recommend picking up a set of both. You have your compound gauges as your backup, and you have your digital as your primary. If the batteries die, you drop the screen, you drop the gauges, the screen cracks, something like that. You always have a backup of compounds. But the digital gauges are more accurate, they're more precise, they're easier to read, and they're more efficient in my mind. So get a set of both. You're going to want to get yourself a drill, all right? An impact gun, if you can afford it, is cool to have. It's lighter, it's fast, but a drill has more versatility. And I'd recommend you get a, a drill, cordless drill with a hammer function on it. Because there's going to be times where you're going to have to drill into concrete or into a masonry wall. And you're going to want to have that hammer function. Okay? And then with the drill, you're going to want to get some bits. You're going to want to get yourself a set of drill bits. All right, those are your those are your basic tools. All right, and none of that none of that stuff is cheap. A half decent drill is four hundred dollars, easily. A good meter is two to four hundred dollars easily. Gauges you're going to spend if you're buying both sets two to seven hundred dollars depending on the model of digital gauge you pick up. So you just got to be careful and you got to work on your budget. But those are the basic tools that I think that you need to start off with. And as you work and as you do more jobs, you will see the types of tools that the techs, the lead techs, the senior techs are using. And you can start adding to your collection as you're making money. Nobody expects you to walk into the field 
with the best tools. They don't expect that. And if they do, they're bozos. So guys, those are the tools that you're going to need to start yourself off. So let me recap what we just went through. I think we touched on some good stuff there. All right. I hope that information was good, but let's recap it. What do I want from you as an apprentice? I want you to show up on time. I want you to have a good attitude. I want you to open up your ears. And if you have a hard time remembering, write down your instructions. I want you to show up every single morning. This is the most important with a medium black coffee. Because once you go black, you never go back, baby. Trust me on that. I went black about seven months ago, and I haven't turned back since. What else do I want you to do? I want you to observe the good and the bad. Take note of it, the way not to do things. I want you to ask questions. I want you to get opinions from different sources before you form your own opinion. It's very important. All right? I want you to go out and get the basic tools that you need to perform the job. I want you to go home and I want you to follow up on your day. You're working on a unit, model and serial, into Google, look it up. Read about it while it's fresh in your head. One thing that's very important that I never touched on is those tools that you purchased... Those tools you spent all that money on, do not leave your truck without them. Don't meet a tech on a job. Approach the tech barehanded. Walk to the back of your truck, open it, put that tool pouch around your shoulder before you go anywhere else. I've had apprentices come up, meet me on a roof without their tools in their hand. And it's highly frustrating because it shows that, or at least... It has an appearance that they don't care. They don't care to learn. Because if you don't want to learn how to use your own tools, that's a problem for me. So guys, I hope all this information helps you. Alright? You guys have a happy apprenticeship. Learn, have fun, and be safe. Happy HVACing. Guys, true story from today. My co-worker was on the roof. I was inside the building. He was changing out a two-horsepower condenser fan motor. He was having troubles with his hub puller slipping off the condenser fan blade. Okay, it had three fastening bolts. I went and grabbed mine. I've got a yellow jacket, fan blade, and blower puller. It's got four heavy-duty fastening bolts on it. Once we broke the seal on the shaft... That blade came off like butter. True story from today.